You're listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out there. Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talensky and Wes Boss. Welcome to Syntax. My name is Wes Boss and with me is Scott Talensky. How are you doing today, Scott? Hey, I'm doing super good. Just hanging out here. We're uh, live streaming this episode yeah. on YouTube for the first time ever just to try it out. So uh, hello to every single person that's watching right now. This is pretty sweet. And if you didn't catch this one we might do this again in the future who knows a little behind the scenes look into syntax right now if you're on the youtube but yeah no i'm, I'm hanging out man I'm, I'm doing good i'm just uh i'm ready to kick it off i'm really excited about this episode in particular because uh, as we were doing the notes i was just like yeah this is good stuff so i'm sorry yeah, how are you doing too. I'm doing really, really well. I'm sitting in my office with the webcam on and everybody's asking about the boxes of stickers that I have behind here. There's nine massive boxes of stickers. They are currently being processed to take out a trademark infringing sticker. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, So (laughs) let's uh, let's jump into it. Today, we're going to do the 11 habits of highly effective developers. Um, I thought this is kind of a a fun one to do because there's obviously that book, which seems super cheesy. I think it's like the 10 habits of highly successful people. It seems cheesy, but it's actually uh, a fantastic book. I really enjoyed it. And uh, we thought we would sort of put together 10 habits, but we didn't have 10. We had 11. So we changed the name because we do what we want over here. So we're going to go through them and, and kind of riff on on each of, of them. And uh, hopefully these are some tips you can pick up as to how to apply them to your own career. Yeah. So we have seven or how many, how many did we land on? I know you just said it, but like 11, is it, is it fully 11, officially 11? Well, yeah, because we're using an ordered list here. So okay. the numbers don't okay. lie yet. <laughs> cool. Well, this episode is sponsored uh, by, it's sponsored by one of our longtime sponsors, which is FreshBooks, which is the easiest way to get your cloud accounting set up. It's seriously an awesome service. And it's also sponsored by Sanity, which is a bring your own front end sort of API as a service, allowing you to build in structure and content and everything and allowing you to worry about the front end without having to worry about the back end. It's really, really cool. We're going to get into a lot more about both Sanity and FreshBooks later on in this show. It's 38 inches, man. It's 38 inches. (laughs) I opened up the soundboard uh, just for a, a little old time sake on this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you got you got to bring it back for the for the big show, big live stream. Awesome. So, let's get into it. First tip we have here and these are in no particular order, they're just the order in which we thought of them. The first tip we have here is that you understand stakeholder and business goals. And this is something I talk about a lot when we talk about freelancing, but I also think it's important for someone who wants to be a a good developer. Uh, If you want to do really well in your organization, if you want to do really well for the product or the website or the application that you're building, you need to understand like who is this website or web app for at the end of the day and and what are we trying to accomplish? Because all too often I see people, they get caught up in their own like mama drama about frameworks and, (laughs) and all that stuff. And the frameworks and everything matter. Uh, they matter for you as a developer so you can do your job quickly, so you you don't get too caught up in, in technical debt. That's really, really important. But they, they matter because you want to make sure that your end goal, and generally that's a business that's trying to make money or, or, or an organization that's trying to uh, get their point across. I've given the example in the past. I worked with a food bank website, and the end goal is how do we get people... Uh, to 
to the information to use the the food bank as well as how do we get people to donate goods and money towards this. So I think that's really important, understanding stakeholder and business goals. Yeah, it's easy to lose track of that too, especially when you're at the lower rungs of maybe a large company. I worked for uh, at least one agency that had like 2,000, 3,000 employees. And uh, it's really, you know, when you're one of those 2,000, 3,000 employees or even more than that, it's not always easy to, to see exactly how everything that you do like lines up to a core goal of this organization. Maybe this organization is huge, right? But it does. Every every time that you're you're doing anything with your your job, it is for a reason. I mean, they hired you for a reason. So it's it's really important that you you understand what your role is in that business and that you do take ownership of that. I mean, obviously, uh, whether or not you do have ownership over that is sort of dependent on uh, how the company views you as an employee, right? Like that could be used ex- expendable and maybe it's not easy to feel that way. Maybe, you know, you're purposefully not feeling that way. But yeah, at the end of the day, everything you do is you're there because you were hired to do it. Yeah, number two here is that you are curious and always learning. Now, this is uh, one that we talk about all the time on this show. Uh, and this is sort of student mentality and always wanting to learn and always being curious about that next thing, uh, because that's what drives us forward. When you lose your curiosity, you lose a little bit of that spark. And when you lose that spark, you sort of lose that drive to improve. You lose the uh, care that you put into your work. You sort of lose any of that stuff that is really what makes you a good developer at the end of the day. So if you want to continue to grow you want to continue to learn, you want to continue to be effective as a developer, you kind of always have to be curious and excited about what's new, what's in the future, what you can be doing. Maybe and maybe it's not something that's new like tech-wise, like maybe not something that just came out, but maybe something that's new to you. Maybe you've never done this technique or this technique, or maybe you wanted to clean up your code or do this or a little bit of that. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you have to be curious, you have to be excited about what you're doing and grow that so that you can be good at what you do. Yeah, I think curious is the the best way to describe uh, this approach to learning because you can certainly overdo it. And there's certainly a lot of people who are feeling overwhelmed with all of the different things that are always changing and, and feeling like they need to learn absolutely everything. We've talked about that in depth on this podcast already, but uh, just always kind of just finding like, huh, I wonder if I could approach this a better way or, oh, someone has uh, proposed a new technology or a new solution to this. I'm going to take a look at that and always just kind of having an open mind to to whatever it is and and always having like a some sort of project that you're working on, whether it's a side project or, or something of your own uh, that will, will keep you sharp because we, we all know that in your day job, it, you could run into a you run into these things where you're just working with the same tech for three or four years because that's the stack that you're on. And that gap between what is relevant and, and what is is new and what you're working on can sometimes get a little bit too big. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that I can't I can't count the amount of times when I was working at agencies where my my hobby projects and like my extra time stuff was the things that were were keeping me excited about what I was doing. It wasn't the WordPress site that I'd made for the hundredth time. It was, you know, the Angular app that I was hacking together for fun. Next one we got here is you have an open mind about new technologies. This is kind of a nice one to to go into after the last one. So all too often, myself included, something new comes out and you say, "Uh, that's dumb. Why would you do it that way? And the famous example is when React came out, everybody said that it was dumb because you put your your JavaScript in line, like in the same file as your 
your your templates and and we didn't even know about CSS and JS at that time. And everyone's like, that's dumb. You have separation of concern. And we were all really happy uh, about how we were building applications at the time. But React came out and just challenged all of those norms because they have an, an open mind to new technology. And I think some of the best new technologies that have come out are from people who are just questioning, maybe there is a better way. Maybe these best practices that we're all spouting off is maybe not the best way to approach it. Yeah. Could you imagine if React would have launched with JS in components as part of React or something? Oh. Like, I think there would have been actual rides. I think that's the first time you would have seen developers <laughs> taking to the streets because people would have been so concerned. But I, I mean, I agree. I, I wrote a little note in here. It's like odd foods, like sometimes, or maybe not even necessarily like odd foods, but foods you haven't tried or maybe just like aren't accustomed to. Like, this is going to sound really stupid. But it wasn't until uh, it was like like after party situation at like a, in a college party. And I was pretty uh, I, I had a few in me Toasty. at this point <laughs> and uh, uh, somebody had laid down hummus on the table. And I was like, I don't ever had hummus. And people were like, what? So then I went to town on this hummus and it was like the greatest thing because I had never had it. Right. And, and before it wasn't it's not like it's an unusual food. I just never had it. And then at that point, it was game changing to me. I was like, man, oh, I'll, man. I just really want some hummus now from, from hummus now on. Hummus is so. the best food to have after drinking. That's it is. totally yeah. what we after the bar. When I went to school in Toronto, we would have like a Lebanese shawarma everywhere. And you would just after the bar, you just get this massive shawarma that just dripped down your hand. And it's the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, exactly. You, you never know when the uh, technology that you choose that looked scary to you in the past is going to be the hummus of your future. So um, <laughs> that's deep. All right. Next one. You want to grab the next one? Yes. The next one is this one's could be scary for a lot of people. Um, and that's a, you you are comfortable asking for help. That's not just like help from your coworkers, but it's help in an IRC chat room. It's help in a, a Slack room help in a classroom, maybe you're in a boot camp and you don't understand something. And maybe it seems like every single other person in the class or in the world for that matter understands the topic. Like, I don't know, for a long time, Redux was just, it seemed like everyone had sort of understood Redux out of the box, but there was like a large amount of people who looked at Redux and were like, oh, wait, I don't know what, I don't know what any of this means. And, and it was hard for people sometimes to look at that and admit that I, I don't I don't get this right uh, when everyone else seems to understand this. So being comfortable asking questions in a, any sort of setting, in a group setting, in a digital setting, any sort of way is such a, a huge skill. It's like a, a practicable skill you need to do. It's just immensely um, I don't know, just immensely important to growing as a developer. Yeah. Or anything being able to to check your ego at the door and simply just ask for help. Hey, I don't know how how any of this works. And I think that's particularly hard in our industry because of the flip side of that is often when you do ask for help, people come out of it feeling like, I'm not sure I'm glad I asked for help because you can get talked down to. And there's like, maybe if you are, that's our next one is you help others. But uh, there, there is a right way and a wrong way to approach someone that that is asking for help and, and maybe not necessarily even asking for help. But I don't know, being being able to be vulnerable and, and being able to let others know that you don't have all the answers. No one has all the answers. And there's there's way more people out there that are especially when you get into like a new area, maybe you are having trouble with like Nginx, your server configure is wrong. Like that's a perfect time to reach out to someone who does this stuff day in and day out. Or somebody is like, we got a, an email after the domain name episode, we got a domain name from someone who 
I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this or not, but <laughs> it, someone who runs the DNS for a large fruit company. And uh, like, so like you must. Is it Apple? Run, Was Apple the company? Could have <laughs> been. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Blackberry. Uh, oh, but, yes, yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I was just like, so like, wow, like now I have this person in my email that if I ever have a problem with DNS and not understanding how these things work, like we were talking about how propagation sometimes takes long and, and he explained how you can like never have to wait for propagation if you, if you attack it in a specific way, I should go back to the email and, and mention it because it was super helpful information. So uh, I think that that's really cool to be able to reach out to experts, stand on the shoulders of giants, as we say. Yeah, that, I mean, again, it's just it is it's making yourself vulnerable. And uh, if you have ever asked a question and felt like it wasn't well received that you were asking a question, then it's really easy to feel down and, and like retreat into that that shell and maybe not ask again. But it is it's incredibly important. And if your coworkers, your boss, your teacher are good, they're going to accept any question, basically, no matter what it is and and help you through that. And uh, another, I mean, some of the cool things here is that like, if you use a service like uh, FreshBooks, you, if you do need to ask for help, they're incredible at getting you that help. Uh, because FreshBook, one of our sponsors today, Amazing. is just so good at their customer service. And Wes, you know firsthand, we've talked about it before uh, about FreshBooks customer service. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about FreshBooks yeah. overall? So I think like, the FreshBooks, the company, has an like a really awesome approach to dealing with customer service, and I I don't know if this is still the 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 rule, but I think it is. Is that everybody on the product, everyone that works at the company, has to spend I think like two weeks. I don't know how however often two weeks a year, let's just say, working in support. And I called them once because I was having a problem with uh, HST being like. I, I had inputted HST like lowercase, but also I had HST as the taxes in Canada and Ontario. So I had put it in lowercase and uppercase and like those were registering as separate taxes. And so I called them and uh, they they clearly knew what was a problem. And uh, I think I talked to one of the developers on the phone, like they pick up the phone, no problem. Support was really good. They say, no problem. Give me like 20 minutes. We're going to write a script that's going to convert your data all over to one. And I think within 10, 15 minutes, I got an email back from them and it was all taken care of. So their support is amazing. I've, I very rarely actually contact support, but when I do, it's when I'm incredibly frustrated with something and having someone help you out so quickly just makes me feel like, oh, finally, like I know I'm not going to be in the middle of the night. Taxes are due the next day and something's going to go wrong. And in, in this pro in this case, it was my problem, the way I inputted the data, uh, but they they still can help me out. So check them out at freshbooks.com forward slash syntax for a 30 day unrestricted free trial. Make sure you use syntax in the how did you hear about us section. Yeah. You know, I had, I had like a also like a service issue too when I was like trying to export data out of my uh, bookkeeping software. And yeah. I emailed them and was like, how do I import this? And they're like, oh, there is no way to do that. But We'll just do it. We'll, we'll fix it up for you. So uh, and they're they're pretty amazing. Uh, I have to say in, in my small experience with FreshBooks support staff, awesome stuff. So really good yeah. stuff. So along that same lines as, you know, asking for help is that you help others. And there's I, I want to be kind of clear about this because there's a difference between like being the know it all. That's like you're doing this wrong. Like that's wrong. That, that's wrong. That's wrong. And the person who's like offering help 
uh, in all sorts of like constructive ways because uh, offering offering help to your fellow co- coworkers or doing like trainings or lunch and learn sort of stuff where you're getting to share your knowledge is extremely important, especially in a uh, non-intimidating way where people can ask you questions or they can just dive in a little bit more to your code, especially if it's something they want to learn. But again, it's not going to be a situation where you're looking over their shoulders and being like, oh, hey, by the way, that's wrong. You know? Yeah, I think helping others. I, I think I started teaching in person seven, eight years ago is a long time ago. And I noticed that as soon as I started to help others through their problems and, and to teach other people, uh, my own skill level became so much higher because uh, I don't know, there's just something about explaining topics to other people and and helping people out and and tackling issues that it makes your own skill level so much higher. And I, I think it also um, it, it obviously really helped me in uh, creating all my video content as well, because uh, it allows me to just uh, anticipate what what the needs are and, and all that stuff with it. So uh, however you help people, whether that's uh, answering questions for people, whether that's uh, doing something very publicly like blogging or YouTube videos or uh, just something smaller like mentoring. I know there's a lot of people who do just one on one mentoring and you're not going to get a whole lot of claps for something like that. But that, to that one person who you are mentoring and and helping them transition into this industry, it probably means the world for them. So however it is that you feel most com- comfortable helping other people, whatever it is, it's I highly recommend that you you find a way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you you mentioned some things like like YouTubing and blogging and stuff like that, and even like answering Stack Overflow questions that you can be sometimes Stack Overflow turns into like a competition is like who can get to this one the first, but yeah. the, at the end of the day, like the goal is to be helpful to people. So uh, you, you want to make sure that whatever you're doing is providing help where people need it. Not like, uh, just trying to appear smart. I think that's a, that's a big thing I want to, I want to get across. Yeah. Cause that's, that's another thing I see all the time in volunteering for, like I used to volunteer for ladies learning code for, I used to teach at a boot camp called hacker you and, uh, you would you would find that there was some people that would help that they were really excited about helping, but they're just a little bit overbearing. And it was like we had this like ask for help thing. And then people would like send like private Slack questions to me and be like, hey, like, can you help me? Like, I don't want to put myself out there because I don't mm-hmm. want X, Y and Z to come uh, help me out because they're a little bit overbearing. And, and then they just like get they get flustered and, and whatnot. So uh, I think the way to get around that is just to keep helping more and more people go volunteer for some weekend thing. There's tons and tons of kids learning code or ladies learning code or lots of refugee boot camps. There's so many amazing uh, things out there that need someone to give a one Saturday every six months to volunteer for this kind of thing. People in the chat room are all saying that they are helping out in boot camps. I think it's such a valuable skill to have. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What you got the next one? Next one is you have a problem solver mentality. So this is a good one because software is you're solving problems with software. So someone comes to you with a a real world problem and says, how can we make this faster, better, stronger, whatever it is? How do we automate this task? How do we help our customers 
who are frustrated at this problem with technology. That's what technology does, right? So there's that piece. But then there's also the piece of like writing software causes lots of bugs and causes lots of issues. And you have to be able to to debug it and and figure it out. So uh, if you are someone who gets easily frustrated at at problems and in, in whatever or or being able to to blame things really quickly on that's stupid the way that this works is dumb uh and whatnot uh it's it's not that you can't be a good developer but being able to work on your problem solver mentality i think is is really important and being able to break things down into testable components being able to pinpoint an issue sometimes like i see this all the time in in the real world i i told the story a couple of podcasts ago how my daughter was in the hospital and the lady with the the testing computer couldn't was wiggling the monitor cord when the computer was dead right like there's just mm-hmm. lots of times in the real world, regardless of if it's computers or not, that people just see, oh, it's broken. I don't know where to start. Like, what could it possibly be? Whereas, like, for me, like, I'll give you another stupid example. We were at a rented a cottage and the hose wasn't working. And uh, I forget who it was, tried to use the hose. And they're like, oh, it doesn't work. And then I'm just like, okay, it does. Okay, first, is it the. Is it the actual hose thing? No. Is the hose getting water? No. Is the if I if you turn this on the other way, is that gonna pull water? No. So you just kind of keep tracing it back until eventually you found a little knob that you had to turn on and that pushed the water right through the hose, right? You have to kind of like be able to follow the trail of problems until it is that you can find out where the problem is and then fixing it is is a whole nother problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, isolating the problem and following that trail yes. and like, uh, those are all such huge, huge skills in this. I mean, because especially where you're working with code, knowing where to look and knowing what to remove, like you start pulling away things that don't matter until you just narrow down exactly like what is the singular item that is causing the problem. And then you can dive into that item and figure out why that item is not working. A lot of people don't know this, but before I was a dev, I worked at a, a the University of Michigan, and I was doing uh, AV work essentially, but I worked at the mm-hmm. hospital. <laughs> and what I was doing at the hospital was someone, I was running lectures for doctors and there's nobody more technically illiterate than doctors. For some reason, the doctors would be like, I have this USB key and there's this USB port, but I don't know what to do with it. Should I put <laughs> it in the port? I don't know how to, I don't know how this works. And I'd have to be like, okay, you just put it in the port. Now it works. Okay, there you go. Congratulations. But uh, so like, that was my job most of the time was troubleshooting. And now this is a huge one because it's under pressure, right? You have a lecture full of doctors whose times are like, their time is so important and special because, you know, all the stuff they have to learn and do and whatever, they're constantly running back and forth. So when they're sitting there and some AV tech isn't working at this lecture hall, like you have to get this done with all of these stares on you. So that was like such a masterclass for me and like being cool under pressure when everything is working or not working. And you know that you can probably solve this problem in any sort of situation or normal situation. But it's the same thing in web dev when the server is on fire and you have marketing and, you know, your PMs like screaming at you because of some, you know, bug. Yeah, it's important to keep it cool because your brain is not going to function well when you're not keeping it cool. So uh, I think that's such a huge thing. And this is an interview question I get asked a ton uh, is like, what are some situations where you've been under a high amount of stress and had to troubleshoot a problem? Now, luckily, I've had a lot of experience doing that, but it's a huge thing. And you want to think about situations in life where you've had that and when it would have helped to just like remain calm rather than uh, actually freak out about it. 
all these stories remind me of when I was in school. Uh, you remember they rolled in the like VCR DVD and the TV strapped on that thing. Did you have one of those? You bet. You, yeah, you, you, you done that. Yeah. So stoked that, oh, we're watching a movie. But it was always like the only debugging that the teachers had when the movie didn't work was, is it on channel three? That was like the only thing. <laughs> remember we had to put it on channel three to get the VCR to work. Oh, and yeah. then I would always have to come in there. And like be like, okay, if it is it analog and VCR, if it's a DVD, you're, you you got to work on the inputs, and uh, it's so frustrating to see that's that kind of thing where people just don't know how to how to debug that kind of thing. You can make an entire career out of being able to set the TV at channel three. It's like <laughs> you you can do it. People will hail you as a tech wizard. I I know yeah. like I was the tech wizard in my family because channel I knew three. to turn off the computer and turn it back on again. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. What do we got next here? Um, I guess it's your turn to grab one. Yeah. Next one is you have fun with what you do. And uh, this is a huge one for me because I love, I mean, I love web development. It's the reason why I do all of this extra content. It's the reason why, you know, work so hard at what we do and, and, and grow and everything like that. For me, the fact that I'm having fun solving these problems, learning this new stuff, creating things is maybe one of the number one drivers to why I'm always pushing for new stuff or pushing to learn or, or, or pushing myself and to do good work is really just because, hey, I enjoy it. And uh, it, it makes us it makes us feel it makes me feel like accomplished when you're able to solve these problems. It makes you feel like really uh, proud and all this stuff when you're able to come up with a really cool, creative solution to something. But at the end of the day, I just have fun. Sometimes uh, we mentioned this a couple episodes back, but like sometimes on like a, a Saturday or a Sunday night when I'm trying to wind down, I'll, I'll play video games or I'll, I'll go breakdancing or something. Right. I'll, I'll do my things to, to wind down. But yeah. in addition to that, sometimes working on hobby projects, even though you're you're struggling through some code or whatever like that, sometimes coding up some hobby project is relaxing to me because it's genuinely fun. It's it's like I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm I'm solving a creative problem or doing something interesting or whatever. I'm I'm getting that same experience that I would be from playing a video game or something like that. I, I'm I'm you know genuinely enjoying it. Absolutely, I, I think that's also a huge driver behind my courses because web development can be really, really frustrating with all of the bumps and things that you run into. Um, but it's important to, even if like what you're working on is not necessarily fun. Like I would say like most of my dev, I'm not like, woohoo, this is so much fun. But it's those mm -hmm. like little, those little things are like, oh man, my database queries are 50% faster. How fun is that? Know. You know, or like, <laughs> or uh, like, Oh man, this new thing came to CSS, and I took my lunch to to figure out how to build a, a little cool thing. I was I was looking the other day. There used to be this um, easing CSS. There was a proposal for this CSS easing. You know, you have ease in, ease out, and and Bezier and everything like that. There was like a proposal for like a spring in Safari, and uh, they took it out. And I I had coded that up like two years ago when they they proposed it, and it was so much fun. And I. I brought it out of storage the other day and it, it, they took it out and I was so bummed. But I was like, oh, it is really fun, like building these little little examples and stuff to, to make sure you enjoy it. And that that's one of those things that I don't necessarily know. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think you can learn to have fun with this stuff or do you think that's more of like a, a personality trait? It's a little bit of both. Sometimes you have to inject some fun into things that aren't fun because not everything is going to be fun. Like, for instance, I made an easing library for myself. 
and like easing. I mean, is easing fun? I don't know. It's fun if you like messing around with uh, Bezier curves and stuff like that. But to make it fun, I made it an easy E uh, NWA themed easing <laughs> library and that made it fun for me. So, I mean, personally, I like to make things fun that aren't fun. And it, even if it's stupid, it will add a little bit of like extra oomph into whatever you're doing. All right. What do we got next? Um, you understand work-life balance. Um, so I really like this one because I think that a competitive advantage in our industry is being able to have some sort of work-life balance or some some sort of balance where you do not get burned out. And for every single person, that's going to look a little bit different. I don't want to be the guy that keeps preaching only work however many hours a day. There's different times in my life when I've worked very, very long days and enjoyed it very much. And now I'm at a point in my life where I really only work nine to five. This morning, I started at 10 because my daughter was up all night and my wife needed to sleep because she was up all night with her. So I started a little bit later. And I think like being able to understand that you should have hobbies and exercise and uh, all of these other things outside of coding, I think that's really important because of of the amount of burnout that comes with uh, such a fast-paced industry. Yeah, it's a big thing. And it, it's funny because this goes immediately back to Monday. I mean, you had tweeted out that we didn't know it was Labor Day. And I personally... One of my, my, my bosses and mentors through uh, development my entire career, it was like Halloween or something. And he was just like, I was like, oh, he said something about today being like a, a fun day or something. And I was just like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, are you serious? You don't know that today is Halloween? Like, do you, do you just not? And I don't know any holidays. I just flat out don't remember. I'm, I'm so awful at that. But uh, it wasn't until we had that conversation that I was like, huh, it is a holiday. And you know what? Everyone else is not working and I'm sitting here working on my desk and I was uh, I was grinding through some stuff and I, I just sort of it was like noon or something. I just stopped and I was like, you know what? I'm taking the day off uh, because everyone else is taking the day off and I deserve it for all the hard work that I've been doing. So I went on, uh, spent some time in the yard doing adult stuff. I like messaged <laughs> uh, uh, Eric, who's the dev on the site. And I was just like, hey, man, I'm going to go do some yard work. And he's like, oh, wow, you, you're living the dad life right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mow the lawn. I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to pick up some leaves. I'm, uh, I'm going to dad it up. So I I took my my Labor Day off to do some uh, do some, you know, work that way. And it's important to do that stuff. It's hard to do that stuff, especially when you you work so hard and you really like love what you do. It's yeah. sometimes really hard, but it's important to to understand the need to do any of that stuff to take the time off. It's all about balance. It's totally. like the balance and between a front end and a back end of a website. And one of our sponsors today is takes care of the back end of the website for you. And that sponsor is Sanity. They're going to remove any sort of uh, insanity that you have in your balance of things by making the whole, I don't know, the whole content side of your application just so, so easy. So with more about Sanity is Wes. Yes. So Sanity.io is, uh, they call it structured content done right. We actually talked about Sanity on our design episode and we use their website as a, a beautifully designed website. So just check it out if you just want to look at a, a really well done website. I really like the font on it. But what does it do? So they are sort of like the CMS backend to your uh, website. So they the best way to explain what it did is they actually went ahead and, and created a backend 
for the Syntax website. So what, what they did is they you you log up, log into sanity.io and you can create a project and then you start to create your data types with all of the different fields that you want. So uh, we had episodes and we had sponsors and we have what people that Scott and I, we were like we're hosts are a content type and uh, you can link the content types together. Um, and then every single content type will have its own uh, input which is really, really cool because you, obviously you get your input type of text and number and, and whatever, but then you can do custom inputs as much as you want because it allows you to input React components that are your own custom inputs, which I thought was super, super cool. So if you are looking to build uh, a website that you want to build the back end for it, it's sort of like a CMS that someone can just log in and, and manage all of the content inside of there. You want to check out Sanity. A couple of other things. Uh, last time we said that what they use is GROQ, GROQ. Last time we said this GROQ, Graph Oriented Query Language. That's the language that you write to actually ping their servers and pull back a list of a list of all the data that you want. So you can do all of your filtering and sorting and everything in that. We said that that was built upon GraphQL, which is, he said it's not actually, so that wasn't true, but they're shipping a GraphQL API built on top of that later this fall. So that's really cool, knowing that you'll be soon be able to build all your applications in just GraphQL and pull all that data. Um, the API is real time, which means you can sit and edit the same documents in the studio at the same time. That's really cool. Kind of like the Google that. Docs or Dropbox paper. They have an awesome image pipeline. Uh, there's a link to a CSS Tricks article all about that, which is cool. It'll handle all of your image image assets. And then there's a they also support microservices as, as well. So. Uh, if you are building just a, uh, like a, a real project or if you just want to try something out and you need a quick back end, because I know a lot of times people want to just build something in React or Vue really quickly and you can't be bothered to to do the back end part of it, check out sanity.io forward slash syntax and use the coupon code syntax, which is going to get you the awesome supercharged plan, which is uh, has some beef, beefed up API quotas. So it's more than just the the free plan quota that you get. So thanks so much to Sanity for sponsoring. Thank you. Yeah, I was really impressed with Sanity's like flexibility and customization. I mean, just the little demo they put together for us was just like really super slick. Yeah, big fan of their everything they're doing, their design, the tools that they have. So pretty nifty. Pretty nifty. Okay, uh, next up here, I believe this is number nine. Number nine, feeling fine. It's you are empathetic to your coworkers and users. And this is a big one because empathy, a lot of the times, is one of those skills that I think just gets lost in the shuffle of things. Or maybe people think if I'm a good enough dev, then I don't have to treat people well, or I don't have to put myself in other people's shoes and stuff like that. But really, empathy in general and understanding and being a good employee and a good coworker to your fellow workers. It's just such a, a an important skill to have nourish, grow, all that good stuff. Because uh, at the end of the day, you want the people you're working with to be their best. You want everyone to be on their best, uh, to do their best work, to feel comfortable and to feel inspired. And people aren't going to do that if you are, you know, you're, you're not treating your coworkers well. 
you're not understanding their problems. You're not understanding maybe how they learn and you're not treating people with respect. So uh, being empathetic, treating your coworkers nicely, being a good employee, it's just, it's, it's, it's a totally undervalued skill. And I can't tell you how many devs I've worked with that just made me want to quit a job because they were so not, not good to work with. They just flat out weren't good to work with, you know, and, and you can always do your best, but sometimes people are just, they, they get stuck in their way. So uh, make sure that you're growing and you're, you're learning how to be a good person to your fellow coworkers. Yeah. I, on the flip side, I've worked with some amazing people who are often will take as much time as is needed in order to explain something to you where it's it's clearly my fault because I can't understand something or I'm not sure how like if you're getting kind of skilled up on an existing project, you need to understand kind of how it works. It's really frustrating to feel like you're in a spot and, and you're it's it's it sucks to feel like you're bothering someone when you really need some help. So mm-hmm. uh, when you have empathy for your coworkers as well as as your users, you need to understand, like go back to the accessibility show we did last week and thinking about everybody that's involved in a project from the people that are working on it, the designers that you're working on, you're working with, as well as the people that are using the product. Yeah, it's big. It's funny. I mean, even like understanding like how to treat people in a work environment, like in regards to this, like I had this boss one time that was he was he was a fine boss, like in terms of like managing people. Uh, but he used to come around and we were in a desk cluster with a bunch of other departments and he would come around and make seriously the most inappropriate jokes. Like not like not like pushing the line inappropriate, but like it would it would be inappropriate in most situations, but especially in a quiet work environment. And and you were either put in that position where like, OK, you he's your boss. So do you laugh at his joke or do you act like very uncomfortable and be like, this is this is weird. But I remember even like he would leave and like other coworkers from other departments would look over and be like, yikes, like, what is that about? Uh, and so, I mean, you don't want to put your your uh, your coworkers in that position. You don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So, yeah, just being able to have that uh, brain to see, like, what is the situation like with my coworkers and, and how are people feeling is, is a big deal. Absolutely. Next one we have is you have attention to detail. Uh, I think this one's super important because there's nothing more frustrating when working with other developers or or yourself where you finish something and then the client comes back to you or you have to go back to the, your coworker and say like, good, but here's a list of 40 things that are, are just not right. And this office often happens when you're implementing a design into HTML and CSS, but, but also thinking about all the possible edge case and use cases. So I'm working with a a guy on my own course platform right now. And when we're making decisions, you can tell that he thinks about every little possible thing that could happen in terms of like how to best store data so the queries are quick or how to not break something if we're introducing a new way of approaching something. I mean, it's it's really cool to see that because it's clear that he has very good attention to detail and you don't have to worry about about things breaking because you know that they've thought it through. Yeah, it's big. It's big. And I mean, it could be even like if you think about it, it could be we talked in the design episode about like pixel perfect design and like some people uh, finishing a design and being like, all right, it's done. You're like, no, this isn't even close. Like being able to look at things and realize uh, what exactly it needs to be through, again, all those little details is a very important thing. And, you know, sometimes those little details are even like, uh, code style or, you know, your, you know, how you're, how you're doing certain techniques or whatever like that. But it, it is, a, it's an important thing to, uh, to, uh, just, I don't know, 
to, to pay attention to all the little things and in our industry what we're doing there's so many little things to keep track of it it's it's nuts but it's it's one of those things you got to practice you got to do you got to do you got to do and lastly we have here number 11 i don't know is there such thing as lucky number 11 or is that a thing no i don't think so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not good with sayings, but number 11 here is that you are part of the community and this could be any sort of like any sort of web development community or design community, online system, or, or even local community or work community. Either way, just being a part of a group of other developers is a big, big thing because I mean, I can't tell, like how many times has like the most biggest breakthroughs I've had was when I was either not at a meetup or a conference or hanging out, chatting with some friends about some code stuff. It is such a big deal to talk to other human beings about what you're doing because everyone's brain just functions a little bit differently. And it's extremely important to be able to uh, tap into someone else's brain power, use their brain power with your brain power and have some melding of skills and abilities. Yeah, totally. And and that being part of a community can manifest itself in any number of ways. So we've got some examples here. We've local meetups uh, are, are a really good way to to meet them. Even if you go to one every six months or so, uh, lunch and learns. We see often see teams of developers take one of my courses and they'll just do it together on a lunch or they'll do like uh, I've also seen people like rent out a, a conference room on a Saturday and and meet up with 10 of their friends and they all go through a JavaScript 30 course, a CSS grid course together. And uh, if, if you don't have that around you, there's um, Twitter. I've, I see this hashtag 100 days of code all the time show up on Twitter and people are doing 100 days of code. And <laughs> I think it's so cool because by putting yourself out there and saying what you did every single day for 100 days, it's just has this enormous community around it and you see such encouragement. You see people starting to like find their community around them because like that's how when I initially started Twitter, I found the web developer community that was surrounding me. And that's how I actually got some of the first jobs that I, I ever did. Uh, so I think it's really important to find your community, whether that's online, whether that's in person, whether that's going to one conference a year, whether that's hanging out on chat rooms or in uh, in the YouTube chat right now, we got 200 people chatting away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's huge because the level, I mean, we have a Slack room with level up uh, tutorials and I, I bounce ideas, people bounce ideas, everyone's talking, everyone's sort of growing together and it's, it's big. I mean, uh, just being part of these things is it's going to help you grow as a human being and help you grow as a person. So yeah, uh, be part of a community. Let's do it. Awesome. So that's our 11 tips. If you have any more tips, why don't you send them on over to at Syntax FM? So sick pick. I'm actually going to pick a book. I was just on vacation and part of that vacation was my wife's mom came around or my mother-in-law came with us and, and she took care of our kids for a couple of the mornings and we had that time to just do whatever it is we wanted. So my wife and I both did professional development and I read a couple books on uh, money management and investing and just kind of uh, idea. I've always I haven't ever talked much about my like thought process behind like saving money and buying cars with cash rather than financing them. And, and I have all these like thoughts about how to how to best manage money. And it's probably not important. But I did find that this book that I read uh, very much aligned with my thoughts 
on on how to manage money and and how to approach money and 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 its its role it plays in your life. And I had been avoiding this book for years because it sounds so stupid. It's called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh yeah, which yes. have I, you? I'm familiar. Yeah, have you read it or just heard yeah. of it? Yeah, I have. So I I just it's like a 23 year old book or something like that or or a 15 year old book. It's really old, but all of the concepts in it really stand the test of time. I'm a big fan of it. I'm I'm kind of bummed that I left it for so long because it was such a cheesy title, but I highly recommend it. I lo- I grabbed it on audiobook. I think I flipped it on 1.5x and I was through it in about 5 hours of just laying in the hammock and listening to it. Yeah, it's a good book. It's I mean Again, it's one of those ones you want to listen to with some like context of of how it fits into your life. Because yeah. sometimes this, the, especially like there were there were some of those like some of these finance books, they like really say like this is the way it's this way or no other way. And it's great to like get a very amount of opinions on different stuff. And then I like mix them all together in my mind. So I, I love any of those books. I love listening to that sort of stuff. I have a bunch of like podcasts in that regard I listen to. Uh, but yeah, Rich Dad Poor Dad is a classic for a reason. Uh, it's yeah. definitely one that you want to check out. I, I really liked it because it I, I'm like my my kids are starting to grow up and I'm starting to have to talk to them about money. Like my daughter found five bucks on the ground the other day and I was like, oh, man, like we got to What do we do with this? You know, like like all of a sudden people are like, oh, go buy toys. And I'm like, no, we need to like talk to her about saving. And, and she has this piggy bank. And every time she finds money, she saves it. And we want to give part of that away. And there's just like a whole bunch. And, and this really helped me like approach because it's not like. He does talk about like investing in real estate and things like that, but it wasn't so much like do this. Like mm-hmm. the the Tony Robbins book is all about index funds, which are an amazing thing. But this was just very much of a mindset about running a business and having your money work for you versus just getting a paycheck every single week and complaining about not making enough money. So I thought it was very, very interesting. Yeah. As someone who uh, who has had like student loans forever and ever. I mean, Courtney has a a PhD, so that was a lot of schooling. Just being able to budget and work on those loans is just like you really need uh, some good financial foundation to to figure that stuff out. So, yeah, I I think any of these books that they just inspire you to look at things like that is just so incredibly important. My sick pick today is going to be sort of a follow up to a sick pick that I did a while ago that a lot of people really, really seem to like. And the sick pick that... uh, it was uh, overcooked for, uh, and it's for the computer for whatever. So my sick pick today was Overcooked 2, which is the sequel that came out a couple of weeks ago, I think. I don't know. I forget. Either way, we have been playing the life out of this game. Uh, Courtney and I, we, we played Overcooked 1 until we beat it. And then Overcooked 2, uh, we were already uh, pretty good at overcooked so you know we're we're uh you know we're getting better but like this game kicks off and you're making sushi and you're making all sorts of i don't know just so fun but they added some like really little like interesting abilities like it's so much fun because one of the abilities is they added to is to throw things which it doesn't seem like like in a kitchen you're, you're working your little cartoon guy you're moving stuff around you're cooking and uh this game is so much fun because what you're doing the whole object is to to get the orders out as fast as they come so you're building and you're cooking things and you're working together with your your teammate to make these orders and in this second version of the game they allow you to throw things now so we're in these kitchens that have like a a, a chasm in the in the like they, there's a giant hole that you can fall fall into in the middle of the kitchen we're just chucking <laughs> chucking stuff at each other and i'm like 
I'm like, here's some burgers, burgers, burgers. We're just tossing them and stuff like that. We're yelling at each other. And uh, uh, we, it, it is actually really funny. Uh, so many principles of things about like keeping cool under pressure. Like when, when we're effective in beating the game, Courtney and I are functioning like a real kitchen and we're like, we're intense, but we're very like calm at the same time. We're like, need burgers, need burgers. But like when we, when, when stuff's on fire and we're all like freaking out, it, the whole thing just goes into a total mess. And it's like an episode of some Gordon Ramsay TV show <laughs> or something like that. But I absolutely love, uh, overcooked two and, uh, yeah, the sequel. Mm, I, I love the first one and, lo- uh, overcooked two definitely lives up to the hype. So that's my sick pick overcooked two. play it. Wicked. What about uh shameless plugs? Shameless plugs. Hey, I have a course on React testing called React Testing for Beginners. I've gotten a ton of great feedback on it. A lot of people have been very, very uh, excited with this course because it makes testing really easy. Now, you know, I never loved learning testing. I never loved testing that much myself uh, until I figured out like really nice practices. I, I read all of Kent C. Dodd's stuff and his React testing library plus Jest has like totally transformed how I think about testing in React. So this course is aimed at anyone who's not like great at testing, maybe doesn't love testing, maybe doesn't know anything about testing at all. And we take you from the very beginnings all the way through your uh, uh, pro and real world testing situations where you can do things like uh, testing APIs that come in and mocking data and understanding all the jargony stuff. So check it out, leveluptutorials.com forward slash store. And uh, you can buy React Testing for Beginners. Right now it's on sale until the uh, next series is released. I sort of release them whenever they are finished. So get on that because there's no, it's like only going to be on sale for like 20 more days. Or you can become a level up pro at leveluptutorials.com forward slash pro and sign up for the year, save 25% and get access to everything. Awesome. I'm going to plug my upcoming advanced React GraphQL course. I just I'm about to finish the testing portion as well. And I talk about that. Um, I I took some time and added a couple extra videos on some beginner testing stuff just so that I'm not throwing people in and being like, oh, mocks and spies and uh, yeah. and test suites and, te- you know, like it, so Scary. I kind of like added a couple of videos that would explain the core ideas behind it. And then we get into testing and mocking the Apollo store and whatnot. So that's almost done. And then the last piece I have, which is going to be pretty quick, will be the uh, deployment. Uh, then I'm done. All the videos so far are, are edited up to it. Uh, and I'm really excited. It will be at advancedreact.com probably in a couple weeks or as I tell everyone soon. All right. Peace out. Peace. Head on over to Syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show.